Bienvenidos to Love, Locura, Arte. My name is Claudia Duran. I'm one of the writers, directors, and producers of Chicanas, Cholas y Chisme. Hi, and I'm Elvia Susana Rubalcaba, and I'm also one of the writers, directors, and producers for CCC. We have a very special podcast for you. We're going to be talking today about the art of artistry and parenthood. So we have two really special guests with us today. They're both writers and directors and stage managers and just triplicates of everything for CCC. And they're also mothers. So they're going to talk to us today about that. Please give a warm welcome for Suhey Gonzalez and Lorena Ortega. How are you, ladies? Doing great. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you guys for being here. I want to start off with Suhey. Suhey, how long have you been a part of CCC so far? I started in 2016 um, that fall with the writing workshop. Um, and it was my first time going. And I was just going to go check it out and see if it was something that I would um, kind of, n not that I wouldn't be interested in, but that I would be good, good at. <laughs> And um, and I walked in and the energy just felt really good and and so I sat there and I said, well, let's give this a try. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> was it your first time uh, writing a play? Um, it was for the Frida, Sufrida Kahlo show. Yes, yes, um, yes. It was my first time writing a play. I had never written a play before. Um, when I was younger, I would write poetry. Um, but I never tried a play because I just seemed so, I just thought adults did that. <laughs> and then I was an adult and I felt like I don't have time for this. And I didn't know how. And um, and I was just like, it's like these magnificent minds who can do this. And I don't have that mind. Um, but I had never written one. So it was, it was interesting and new. Yeah. One of the things that I remember... Uh, very early on in my in encounters with you, Suhey, even before you came to participate in CCC, you were also acting and performing and a beautiful actress and performer. And I remember you bringing your kids with you to rehearsals. So we want to talk a little bit about that today, about how you balance parenting and and being this, you know, wonderful artist of, of different talents. How do you balance that out? How do you balance that creative spirit as well as having to be a mom? Okay, so being a mom, I don't, I don't actually feel like a mom. My kids feel like they're my friends. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's so easy, but um, I did, I, when I started acting again, I started with um, East Side Queer Stories. I hadn't acted in about 10 years. I hadn't done theater since before I had Dylan. And um, when I went to audition, I didn't think I was going to get cast. And when I got a call back, I was kind of afraid because I was like, how am I going to do this with two kids? I have a toddler. Like, I didn't know. So I went to the callback still thinking I wasn't going to get cast. So when I got cast, I had to talk to my mom and ask her for permission. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I got to ask mom for permission. <laughs> because I had to make sure I had a babysitter in the, uh, because I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to take the kids with me to rehearsals. So I talked to my mom and she was pleasantly surprised I was, that I was acting again. And she asked me what days and what times. 
And I said, I don't have those details yet, but let me find out and I'll let you know. And um, I got the times and the days of rehearsal, and um, and she agreed to babysit the kids for me um, when during the duration of rehearsal and the show, right? And um, somewhere in the beginning of that, um, I had some personal problems um, where I wasn't comfortable leaving the kids with my alone with my parents. Um, for a long period of time, not because of my parents, but because of something else that was going on. I felt like I needed them with me all the time. And so I talked to Claudia <laughs> and um, and then I asked for permission. <laughs> <laughs> You're so sweet. You're so sweet. I, to the theater with me. <laughs> I remember that. I remember you asking and I don't know. I don't know what occurred because I was like, yes, of course. Like, why wouldn't you bring them to the theater? I don't know what happened in me either, but I was, you know, I've worked with children for many, many years. So for me, it was like, yeah, of course, bring the kids to the theater. Why not? You know, not even thinking like. Maybe some of the themes you don't want them to see, or I don't know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I loved how when we first got together this year, um, as we prepared uh, for Women in Her Story, our first meeting, we had like four or five kids, like from infants to toddlers, you know, uh, and pregnant mothers. And it's just like, it's definitely has always been a place where yeah, you're a writer, you're a director, you're a producer, and you're a mom. And, you know, sometimes you have to bring your kids with you. And that's okay because the show must go on and they're part of it. It's a family production sometimes. Absolutely. I agree with that. I don't, so I remember you asking that. And I remember being like, yeah, of course. Uh, just make sure they're not bored, you know. Hopefully they have something to do or some homework or you know, some something to entertain them. So, some coloring. I remember bringing, like, coloring books and having that, you know. Coloring snacks, tablets, phones, anything. Just please don't make any noise. But they've also, um, recently, a few years ago, they were involved in a short film that Rosa Navarre, one of our CCC um, ers, and also Patricia for her short play, right? Matriarchy, they were part of that film? Yes. So, um... My kids didn't only go to the rehearsals and the shows with me. Um, they went to cast parties with me. <laughs> They're my best friends. <laughs> They're your buddies, for sure. Yes. And at, um, Lauren Ballesteros had a pool party one time um, after the show, and I took Dylan with me. Um, and we were in the pool, and we were swimming, and we are playing. And then Dylan started reciting the plays that that were on the show that year and um and i was shocked i was like well we memorized all these lines that's insane and he was like yeah and he would stand on the diving board and recite his lines and jump into the pool <laughs> it was hilarious and then he would call out on the on the writer or the director that was at the party to show them that he knew those lines and i think rosa must have been there um and she she reached out and she said hey i'm working on this project, I was wondering if I can borrow your kids for a little bit for for your acting. And I said, oh, really? Because Scarlett is really small. I don't know that, you know, she's going to be easy to work with. And she was like, no, no, it's cool. It'll be fine. And I was like, okay. So I, I asked the kids because I needed to make sure that they, it was something that they wanted to do. And, um, and Dylan was really excited. He said, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. And then Scarlett 
wants to do everything her big brother does because she thinks she's a big girl too. Um, and she said, yeah, me too, mommy. And so um, Rosa sent me the email with the details. The kids were so excited. Um, we, we met up where she was filming the, the movie. And, and I kind of stepped back because I wanted them to do their thing and not feel weird or uncomfortable or embarrassed um, or shy because mommy was watching them. And, um, and I was watching from like a side, side view of what was going on. And Rosa was so good with them. She was, she was so good at directing them and kind of telling them like, we're pretending and this is what you have to do. And the kids really enjoyed it. And, and they don't understand the movie. They've seen it once or twice and they don't understand the movie. <laughs> they really liked it and they had a lot of fun. Can you describe to us, you just described like a very special day, but how do you as an artist and, and, and a mom, how do you, like, what does a day in the life look like to, to you? Our days are hectic. We, we live um, at, with my parents at the moment. Um, and I have my brother and his wife and their kids live with my parents as well. So it's a full house. There's about 10 people living there right now. And, they, and we've been like this for quite a while. And so there's always someone coming in and out. It's chaotic. Um, I'm not super organized. Um, so it's, it's a little difficult. And, and sometimes it's just kind of like, pick whatever you see there and let's go. <laughs> um, but it takes a lot of, I have a lot of support. I have a lot of support from my family, my my mom especially. And, and actually both of my parents are very supportive. and and they're always willing to help out. So for example, this year, Dylan wanted to do soccer and his soccer practices are Tuesday nights and Thursday nights. And I work till like 6 p.m. So I had to compromise and I had to talk to my parents and tell them during rehearsals and until the show's over, I, can you guys help me out with taking the kids to, you know, taking Dylan to practice and picking him up for practice or staying there with him? Um, they, they agreed. My dad said, yeah, I can take him when I can. And then my little sister said, oh, I can take him whenever my dad can and I'll pick him up. And I was like, okay, awesome. So I have a lot of support from, from everyone in my family. They're very supportive. Writing, um, having, finding the time to sit down and write is a little bit more difficult for me because my kids are attached to me like mugre yunya. They're always right next to me wanting to do and see what I'm doing. So when, when they go to sleep and I'm awake, I, sometimes I just want to Netflix and chill and eat popcorn <laughs> instead of write. Um, but, but they're also my inspiration because they come up with crazy ideas or they say the funniest things. And I'm just like, I need to write this down because it's going to go into place somewhere because you guys are hilarious. <laughs> Speaking of which, can you share um, with our audience a little bit more um, about the play that um, Four Women in Her Story, um, was that based on an actual conversation that you had with your daughter? Can you um, share what your play was and, and talk to us a little bit about it? Yes, please. Tell us a little bit about Adelitas and your inspiration for it. So... I've always wanted to write about Adelitas in some way or form um, because I thought they were the coolest women in Mexican history and there wasn't enough 
written about them that I knew of, and I hadn't heard enough about them growing up. I What I knew was from a couple of movies I've seen, a song I had heard, um, but we have no heroes. We have no female Mexican or Latino heroes, superheroes. And to me, Anadelita is like a superhero almost, right? So when I was thinking, how do I write this without it being or sounding like a college lecture? And how do I write this in a way that's gonna be fun and not boring? And I started researching. I started reading about Adelitas and I learned a lot more than I than I than I knew. I, I learned about Amelio Robles and I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is a crazy fun. I didn't know this. So the actual conversation that the mother and the daughter have in the play is a conversation I had with Dylan actually when he was little and I was taking him to um, the Eastside Queer Stories rehearsals. And he had a lot of questions about the <laughs> I can imagine. And he, there was one in particular that he got along so well with, but he was very confused. And he said, mm, I don't know if, if he's a boy or if she's a girl. And this was the first time that I had even thought about how am I going to explain this to my kid? So I pulled my friend aside and I said, you know what? my son just asked me this and I don't know how to answer it. And I don't know, because I know he wants, he he's asking me because he wants to know how to address you without disrespecting you. And my friend was, oh, she was so understanding. And then, um, and <laughs> the answer was, I am. And I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I had to talk to Dylan about it in the most, delicate and loving way that I found. And Dylan is very kind and he's very in tune with people's feelings. And and he was just like, okay, mom, I get it. And so when I, I'm not gonna say the story or the conversation here because I want you guys to hear it when it's- um, Presented, yeah, when it's presented on the- on, on, on... And I want people to go to see the show when we put it back up. But, but I think it's a very heartfelt moment and um, because the show is about women in her story, I just changed it and put um, Adelita instead of my son. Um, but this is also stuff that I talk about with, with Scarlett, because I don't want Scarlett to miss out on things that I, that I talked about or that I experienced with Dylan. It's, I, to me, it's important for them to kind of, it's not gonna be the same experience because Dylan and I were alone for like five years before Scarlett came into our lives. But but I don't want her to feel like she's missing out on some like a bond that we had, and um, so it's a mix of conversations I've had with Dylan and Scarlett, and the answers though a lot of the answers are Scarlett definitely Scarlett a lot of the um, reactions to what the mother is telling her daughter in the play are definitely Scarlett reactions. That's really great. So they're definitely an inspiration and part of your work in some capacity. Do they try and influence you on what to write? Do they know um, that you are a writer? And do they try and give you ideas? They don't know that I'm a writer. Like, they don't say you should write about this. Um, but Dylan, Dylan has a very, oh, he's such a great kid. He, he's always thinking of projects 
he wants to be a YouTuber. So he's always saying like, I'm going to film you doing this. And I'm like, wow, okay. And so then I say, well, I'm going to write about you filming me doing this. And he's like, okay, well, let's see who finishes their project first. So he's kind of like, he, he tells me like, you know, he doesn't tell me right about this, but he gives me ideas. Like, wouldn't it be cool if he, he likes to plan things? Wouldn't it be cool if you could do this? And then I think, hmm, he's my little, like, he's my team. He's my, he pushes me. Scarlett wants to be a pop star when she grows up because she <laughs> likes to sing. So when we, um, when we got our, our new house and we went to the house to see it, there's this huge garage. And I said, wow, this, this place is really, really big and we only have one car. So Dylan says, I know, why don't we build a studio in here so that Scarlett can sing and I can record her. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's yeah, crazy, but it's not a bad idea. <laughs> I love it. I was going to ask you what hopes and aspirations you have for your children as artists, but like they're on their way. They got ideas of their own. That's amazing. Yes, of their own. I can't, I would never want to push, you know, something onto them that they don't want to do. Um, they have, they definitely are very strong-willed and strong-minded, and, and they definitely know what they want. You know, I, I definitely want them to go to college because I, ne I never finished college. Not yet. I haven't finished college yet. Um, but I, I always tell them, you know, go, go to school, go to college. Life is going to be so much easier with, when you have an education. And Dylan can be a smarty pants and says, I'm going to be a YouTuber. I'm going to be rich by the time I'm 18. And I'm like, wow. Okay, kid. But just in case something goes, you know, a different way, put college as a backup. Be like, you could still be a YouTuber and study to be a doctor. That's fine. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, I'm always telling him stuff like that, too. And, and he's like, okay, mom. All right. Um, but, but they definitely know or they have an idea of what they want to do right now for their future. Scarlett wants to be a pop star. She does not want to be a mom. <laughs> she she sometimes is a little rock star. I'll say that. She is. They're, they're a lot of fun. Um, and they're very understanding. They're both very sensitive and in tune to people's feelings. I don't even know how that happens. And I think that's what makes being an artist and, and producing things and, and making art so easy because they're easy to deal with. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. They're very patient with me. They're very patient and, um, and they're very supportive. You know, it, when I'm working on something and my mom, you know, <clears throat> she yells, okay, Benazeresto right now, Scarlett runs and I hear her and it cracks me up because she says, grandma, mommy can't come right now because she's writing. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> that is adorable. Awesome. Oh my God, that's so sweet. Thank you so much for joining us today, Suhei. Uh, thank, thank you for these awesome, beautiful stories and insights on what it is to be an artist as well as a mother in these crazy times. It's wonderful to hear that you have such a strong support system, even within your children who will defend you so that you can continue your artistry. That is so cool. How old are your kids? How old are Dylan and Scarlett? Scarlett is six and Dylan is 11. Wow. They're like, they're like 100 years old. They're yeah. like decades old and so understanding. That's so cool. Yeah, I definitely admired you, especially this year. You know, you're a writer, 
Um, you directed um, Cuts, um, another short play with women in her story. And then you also stepped up to the plate and became a stage manager, co-stage manager this year. And we definitely got to see Scarlett following you around and being there and being a mom as you're hold, you're wearing three different hats. So I applaud you and thank you for all your hard work this year. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for allowing me to share the space with my family because my children are a little teen and, and I wouldn't be able to either if I didn't have, you know, CCC support. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for um, calling it a team. And now on to um, Team Lorena and yeah, team your Lorena. children. How are you, Lorena? Oh, I'm doing well. How are you ladies today? We're so good, so busy, and, and loving this conversation that we're having about being an artist as well as being a parent and motherhood. Um, Lorena, can we start off with how is it that you balance how do you balance being a parent and an artist together i mean you have three children of different ages correct so how do you balance that out with all the personalities i actually have four children four i'm so sorry four children <laughs> yeah i have a 27 21 14 and 10 wow yeah that's a lot to juggle and um, sometimes I don't do a very good job but you'll never know that because i always say that i'm doing a really good job <laughs> It's really hard. It's really hard to meet, make sure to meet the needs of everybody around you while still honoring the artist spirit. Because if we don't honor the artist spirit, we're going to fall. We're, we're going to fall really, really fast. And I recognize that about myself last year when I was going through the CCC in 2019. Well, that was your first year. I remember directing um, your play, um, and that had, that definitely had, um, some background in your family. Can you share uh, your first experience and a little bit about what your play was about? So I have one of my children, she's 21 years old, and I'll share a little bit about her story, um, because the play was based on her life and, and my own life. So she had some mental health issues when she was 11 and a half years old. She began her journey with the uh, mental health industrial complex where she was taken away from me and institutionalized five different times in three years. Yeah. And one of the things that, that was very honorable during that time is that my my tribe, my community, they all came in and, and helped to make sure that she was taken care of and that the rest of the kids were taken care of and that everybody's emotional and practical needs were met. But without me realizing it until 10 years later, there was never really a, a reaching for me to see if my needs were taken care of. And I noticed that it, it began with me. I didn't really understand that I had needs and I didn't understand the need to art articulate the way that I felt when she was removed from my custody. And that's where the play was born. It, it was a short story about La Llorona and how I was left crying and, and wondering why is the system taking my child when this is not the way we heal our children. We don't heal our children by locking them up. We heal them by loving them. And that's how the play was born. Wow, that's a really um, deep, very in-depth piece that you wrote. That's very brave to, to go into that and, and go into that space, you know, now that time has passed and you're able to heal 
and you're able to mend that relationship and, and have a strong relationship now with your children. How is a day in the life for, for an artist who's also a parent with four children? What, tell me, like, what does a daily routine even look like in that case? So when these kids are in school, what I, I always start with waking up before they do because it's important for me to not necessarily start a routine, but I'm very spiritual, I'm very ceremonial. So I start my day just thanking the ancestors and knowing that um, I'm here for, for a reason. There's a reason why I'm here. So I, I thank the ancestors, I thank creator, thank my family, and then I get in the shower and then I wake up the kids and we're boom, boom, boom from the minute they wake up and then I drop them off at school and then I go to work and I wonder how am I gonna honor everything that I wanna do in one day. And yes, I wanna do my work, but yes, I also wanna write because it's the only time that I'm alone when I'm at my desk. So I do a lot of writing at my desk. I do a lot of writing, I scribble, I type, I record into my phone, I record into my brain and leave it there. And then getting off of work and just starting the routine. Who do I have to cook for? Who do I have to clean up after? Who needs me? Who needs a hug? Who needs a kiss? Who needs a slap? All of the <laughs> and then, you know, my, my kids are so lucky that they, they, I have an incredible husband. He, he makes sure that their needs are met when I can't do it myself. So um, they, they have their own rooms and they know that when it's time for mom to sit down and write or when it's time for mom to sit down and honor that artist spirit, they retreat, they, they look at me, they can see the look in my eye and they just, they walk away into their own rooms and, and they handle stuff so that I can have that metaphorical and figurative space to just write and create. That's awesome. Have your children seen your work and what, um, what was their reaction if they didn't have seen your work? Yes, they have. Last year I was really afraid to show them what was happening. It was a really difficult year for me last year. It was my final year of grad school. So I was juggling being a mom, being a wife, being a friend, being a daughter, trying to graduate from grad school and uh, helping with this theater festival and, and being a part of it. And I wanted to make sure that at least my daughters watched it. I was afraid for my son to watch it because I didn't know how much of the journey he remembered, but they all went to go watch it. and before even putting it out on, on into the world, I, I had to have the conversation with them. That I, I've done this with permission. Your sister granted me permission to write the story, but the story is also about me. And I need you all to understand that it might make you cry. It might make you angry at what happened, but we'll talk about it after you see it. And they watched it. My mom watched it. My sister watched it. Um, it was really, it was a moment of catharsis for me because I never really talked about it. I never talked about my part of that journey. And I think letting the, the children watch it and encouraging them to talk about it afterwards was, it was incredibly healing for my family. And um, this year they were able to watch it as well. And, and, you know, I keep saying this over and over and you might be tired of hearing it, but I didn't think my play was a comedy. So I warned them ahead of time. Remember I said to them, you might laugh, you might cry. I'm not sure, but just enjoy it. And I didn't tell them which one I wrote. And, and when it was all over and they were going home and they talked about it, they were so funny, mom. And oh my gosh, they chose the greatest actors. And then talking about it in the in the days after that, I, I felt really proud that I was able to create something that my children loved and that my children can talk about. And, and then the conversation started after that. Why, why did I choose this topic? And 
I, I just love it. I love that I can have these conversations with my children about something that's out there, not something that just stays in my brain. I love this. It's so refreshing to hear that, you know, it's refreshing to hear that you incorporate, both of you actually incorporate your families and your children in the work that you do um, and how they influence you, you know, either as inspiration for the piece or even afterwards as inspiration to continue these types of conversations. That's really awesome. Do you write, um, aside from playwriting, do you write about your children or your family um, other than in plays? Yes. So I've warned everybody in my life, <laughs> if you're in my life, you're eventually going to be written about. And I'm hoping that you make it so that I write well about you and <laughs> that I don't shine a light on you that maybe you're not going to like. So I have a 10 year old. He's 10 now. His name is Wolfie. And he really inspired me to create a hashtag a few years ago. And it's hashtag he's the reason I drink. And oh, the, reason, the reason behind that is because he's the quirkiest child I've ever met in my life. I mean, he can say something so simple as, I want to peel garlic. But everything that's going around in his, his emotions and his movement, he doesn't know how to just say, I'm going to peel garlic. He'll, he'll think of a whole new dance to it. He'll deliver it standing on his head. And so there's always something to be said about what's happening in my house. There's nothing normal about my house. So it's so easy to find material. If I wanted to be a stand-up comic in my maybe my next life, please don't throw that out there. Creator, take it away. <laughs> I think that I have enough material in my house to keep me going and, and become one of the greatest comedians of all time. And speaking of motherhood, can you um, share what the title and um, the premise of your new play in Women in Her Story? Yes. My new play for this year is called Eve's Deliverance on blanking up the theory of original sin. On effing up, effing up. <laughs> on effing up the theory of original sin. And really what inspired me to write that is throughout my childhood, I went to catechism classes. I'm a recovering Catholic now and, and realizing that everything that I was taught was not probably right. And so I always grew up with this notion that evil is responsible for everything that's wrong in this world. She's responsible for original sin. She's responsible for childbirth pain. She's responsible for menstruation. She's responsible for so many things because the Bible taught us so. And when we were given the task to come up with a, a play or starting with a short story, however it was that we were gonna come up with it, that we we choose a, a woman throughout history whose story we could bring to light. And I don't know who I thought I was talking about Eve, but she was the first one. I wanted to retell her story through my eyes. And not necessarily vindicate her, she doesn't need me, but really it was to tell my daughters that, that there's always two, three, four sides to, to a story. There's always four sides, five sides. Look for the reason why the victim is the victim. And in this case of Eve, like who wrote the Bible? Men did. Who, who are saying that she's the one responsible for original sin? The men did. And who benefits from all this? Come on, the men do. So that was really what I wanted to write about is to make sure that people knew my story. And I wanted my daughters to know that we don't need to continue to blame women for what's wrong with the world. Maybe you can look within yourself, hold up the mirror. Maybe the reason why things are going wrong in, in, in my room or why things are going wrong in my school, it's not because Eve ate that apple, it's because I didn't do my homework. 
or it's because I didn't clean the floor, so I tripped over a marble, right? We, we can't keep looking back and blaming the person who should not be blamed. And that's what this year's play was about for me. That's great. Yeah. That's so great. Um, big, big themes. This has been so wonderful. Thank you both for being a part of this. I just, you know, I, when I think about the concept of being a creative person as well as being a creator of life, right? It seems so, so daunting, but you guys really have found a way to nail it with your support systems, with your patience, with yourselves and one another, and really just a beautiful, clear communication of who you are and who you are to your children and family. That is so beautiful. Thank you guys. Yeah, and it definitely feels like a family affair um, and having Wolfie and Scarlett and Dylan and Isaac and uh, all the different children that are part of us, the little CCCers. So thank you, mommies, that that bring your children um, not only um, to rehearsals, but to tech and to see the show So um, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you guys for the inspiration. Join us next uh, next podcast. We're going to have a lot more special guests for you guys. And this was Suhey Gonzalez and Lorena Ortega on the artistry of playwriting and and motherhood. motherhood. Thank you guys so much. So thank you for joining us today. Without anything further to do, hasta hasta luego, gente. Se cuidan. For reals.